when we understand who god is the next question we need to ask who we are what is our status in god what is our status in christ that is what is in one way this phrase is talking about what walking with christ walking in christ our status in christ so last week hope you remember i used the phrase with christ that is i mean i said we be, we are we are trying to understand in christ but before we understand in christ and christo we need to understand with christ okay so the, and that is what is you hope you remember last week i said paul was using this phrase with christ many times that is one of the phrase we can see in his epistles with christ and we have seen seven status of a believer with christ paul is using with christ you know god has made us alive with christ and we are given the privilege to live with christ and we are to suffer with christ and we are crucified with christ and we but one day we will be raised with christ and we will be glorified with christ and we will inherit along with christ and we will reign with christ this world one day okay so then i know i let me tell you this is don't think that with christ is a new testament phrase i want to say few examples today then we will move on this is an old testament phrase also in the old testament also we can see this phrase with christ even though with christ is one of the most common phrase we see in the new testament but in the old testament we can see a similar similar idea our god is a god who walked with his people okay we need to understand our god i mean such a privilege we need to understand see no other religion is providing such a privilege we have been given with the privilege of walking with our god we need to understand see we are not serving a god who lives somewhere there up above and we are here on a below ground no we are given the status to walk with our god so that is the beauty of christian relationship so we need to understand see in the old testament also we can see the same phrase I maybe mean, we will read couple of verses can somebody i mean the first example i want to talk from the old testament is enoch you know so i'm not going into detail of that but i just I take the example only genesis chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 so two times it says that enoch walked with the god enoch walked with god you see that enoch uh old testament believers are given the privilege to walk with god right as we walk with god so then and uh, it is we need to understand let me tell you friends we need to understand uh in the beginning itself if we look into the genesis itself if we read the beginning pages of the bible itself uh, god is giving the mystery the privileges the understanding god's heart for human being we need to say this begun with uh, uh who we are i mean god says that in the book of genesis god created you and me in his own image so that is the ultimate i mean you see identity of a a true child of god we are the image of god see we are um we always if you understand that reality i don't want to go into the detail of that see we are created in the image of god see every morning if we can i mean if you can wake up with that reality right before someone tell you bad thing i mean you talk to yourself 
I am an image of God. So Bible begins with that reality. See, you and me are created in the image of God. So then, what are the bad words you hear that day? You don't care because you heard the most important word from your creator. You are my image. Okay, so that is what is we need to understand. You are. Then you see that that is why then God has given the privilege to Adam and Eve to walk with Him. But we know that they fail because of sin. They fail the and they lost the privilege to walk with God. But it was God's. I mean, struggle from then onwards to help human being. To walk with him. He's coming down. Even to the fallen Adam. God is coming in search of him. And he wants to walk with him. But he is moving away from him. So then onwards we can see that it was God's struggle. So Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Then it says that God took him away. Remember. So today you and me are not given the privilege and not able to walk with him physically, literally, but all the believers of God whose eyes are enlightened, they are given the privilege to walk with him on a spiritual realm. So that is why Holy Spirit is given to us. We are led by the Spirit of God. With the help of the Spirit of God, we are walking with God. So it's such a privilege. But we know one day we will be taken you see, the world will not see you because the, all the people who are walking with him, one day he will take him with him. And one day we know that we will walk with him literally in eternity forever. You see that Enoch was walking with God on this earth, but one day God he took him, hallelujah, to walk with him in eternity. That is what he is. Enoch is doing. But remember one day you and me will be taken up and we will be given the privilege to literally walk with him in eternity. That is a call God has given us an invitation to everyone. Okay? To walk with him. Enoch walked with him. Second example is, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You see, when you come to Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 to 27. So, there... You don't have to read the verse, but we, we are familiar with the verse there. Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 to 27. So there we see that, I mean, you see, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace. We know that. But you see that the Nebuchadnezzar, the king who threw him, realized that someone, a fourth one is walking with him, with them. Who is he? He looks like the son of man. You see that, that is what is, we need to, it is, Bible scholars say that, that is Christ himself. You see that, more in the Old Testament, when you say God taking the form of a human being, that is, I mean, Christ himself, the Christophany, the appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. You see that later in the New Testament, Jesus is called as the son of Man, you see that it was Christ Himself walking with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the fiery, fiery furnace. Listen, dear children of God, when you are me are thrown into fiery furnace, if you are a child of God, our God is not an impassive God. A God, He is not having an emotion. He has, He will not express any emotion. 
Impassive God. No. Our God is not an impassive God. Our God is a passionate God for his people. And you see that when Sabdra Kabedre go and Meshach were thrown into the fiery furnace and he cannot sit there in the heavenly places and it says that he took the man form of a man and walking with them. See that is what is the God you and me are serving with. You need to understand who you are in Christ, who you are, who our God is, hallelujah. Our God works with his people. See God works with his people in trouble. When God's people are in trouble, in crisis, in furnace, in fire, whatever it may be, our God works with him. That is the beauty. That see, that is our God is. Okay, let me move on. One more example. Okay, third example is Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. When you come to Daniel chapter 6, we see that he was thrown into den of lions. Right? Den of lions. So there also we see that God did not stay there. See, you see that it says that God coming down. So what I want to say that, my friends, our God cannot stop sitting where he is when a child of God is in trouble. You see that even, I mean, very interesting, God is not saving them to avoid, I mean, helping them to avoid the fire. He is not doing and stopping the den, but he allowed them to be thrown into the den, but he wanted to tell that, I am not a God, when you are thrown into the den, I am sitting where I am, but I am there with you. That is what is you need to understand. But many times, you and me are interested in what? We don't want fire, we don't want den, right? We don't want lions. But our God is not like that. Sometimes, I mean, God avoid then. God avoid fire. God avoid water. But sometimes, God wants you and me to enjoy his presence, not only on a plain land, even in the middle of the sea. He, not only on a plain, safe land, but in, when you are in the most dangerous situation of your life, God wants you to experience his presence where nobody can come. None can enter into the fire. None can come with you into the den of lions. But your creator can come. He wants to prove, to prove to you and me that I am a God who can enter into any unsafe situation, any danger situation, any impossible situation, when no man can come with you, hallelujah. If there is anyone hearing me, you think that you are in a fiery situation, you are in a dense situation, this morning God wants to tell you that, hallelujah. Even if you are in a lion's den, even if you are in a fiery furnace, God's presence can come with you. A God who walks with you, he walks with you. So I mean, with Christ, with God. So that is a, what I want to say that both the Old Testament and New Testament, you can see our God works with us. Okay, then, I mean, again, Colossians 2, 6, one more time. Now we are now coming to in Christ, the phrase in Christ, and Christo, in Christ. As I said, see, Paul used with Christ, that phrase, like in the Old Testament, he also used with Christ. But Paul realized that that phrase is not enough to talk about our beautiful relation with uh, Christ. And Paul realized that New Testament believers are given 
a greater privilege. We are not only with Christ. Our God is not simply as someone who walks with us when we are in trouble. Rather, we walk in him. Are you getting what I'm talking about? We'll come to that more. See, notice man, Paul says that we are in him. So this is an unparalleled expression Paul is using. A unique expression to talk about the relationship between Christ and believers. So it is a powerful expression, right? There is no, I mean, expression compared to, to this one, in Christ. It reveals our position, who we are. It reveals uh, our status, right? It reveals our identity. It reveals our belonging. We belong to whom? It reveals, I mean, it talks about an elevated position of a believer. An unimaginable in, imaginable place of a believer. It talks about an, a profound level of a believer, Right? It talks about a high standing of a believer. Because even though you here as a five feet or six feet guy, right? You see that what will be your color, the hair color, skin color, and the language. No matter, you see that. But you see that in Christ, you have an elevated position. In Christ, you have a high standing. In Christ, you have a high identity. Hallelujah. That's what I said. You are not defined by your, by your cultural identity. You are not defined by your education. You are not defined by your family background. You are defined by who are in, you are in Christ. Hallelujah. So it's a, it's a great, I mean, I mean, status. It talks about so much, you know, I can talk more about it, but I, I restrict myself. It talks about our existence. It talks about how we, we exist. We exist uh, in Christ. It talks about our life, from where we get the life. Christ himself is the source of our life. And it talks about uh, our responsibility also. We, if we are in Christ, we have a responsibility to be like Christ, to act like Christ. Hallelujah. We cannot become Christ but we can we can be like Christ. It also talk about our Christ centric life. Beautiful relationship. Okay let me move on. Let me move on. The question. The question why? How Paul got such an idea? How Paul got such an idea? From where he got an idea that Christians are in Christ. So it he got such an idea from his own experience on the road to Damascus. You know the story of Paul, right? So this idea came to him as he reflected his own experience on the road to Damascus. With that we see in Acts chapter 9 verses 4 to 5. Acts 9, 4 to 5. We know that during his journey to Damascus, why he was going? He was going to, he was killing Christians one by one. And he was going to wipe out Christians from the face of the earth. And he knew that Christians are only in Jerusalem. That's what he thought. So then he thought that if I can, I mean, wipe out Christians from Judea, Christianity will be no more. Many people think that through their, right, you see, social media presentation, Christianity will be wiped out. And some people say that with a single preaching or with a single drama, with a single right film, Christianity will be wiped out, you know. You see that from the, in, that is why we need to understand the Bible. It is already recorded the story of Paul. It says that he was breathing death. He was breathing 
death to kill the disciples of Jesus, to kill Christians, you know. See, even greater efforts were taken place already in the history, like, and there it is proven over, over, over again in the history that, hallelujah, none can wipe out, hallelujah, the followers of Christ, hallelujah, BC is a living God, and Christians are in Christ, hallelujah. See, in a Paul's question, in a Jesus questioned him. So Paul was touching whom? The believers. I mean, he is saying that Jesus and he is trying to kill the believers. He is trying to kill the Christians. But when he is trying to kill the Christians, you see that, and he thought he is killing human beings, right? What Jesus said, he asked a question. That question has changed him. Why are you persecuting me? So that question, then he is asking, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting me. You see, that very personal encounter with the Lord has changed the course of Paul's life. Not only his life, his theology has been changed. His idea has been changed. His goal has been changed. Right? And their life has been changed. Not only his life, the course of church also changed. And the theology of church also changed. You see that, what I want to say that, an encounter, a persecutor's direct encounter with the Lord has changed not only his life, but changed the course of the church also. Let me tell you, see that's a problem today. What is problem today? We lack people who had encounter with the Lord. But we have people in the churches today, right? Full of people, right? You see that house full many places. But the question is that they are people, I mean, the churches, today's churches lack people with a direct encounter with the Lord. Let me tell you, even this morning, this is what I pray. Lord, I mean, I don't mind, even if only less number, but a God, hallelujah, we want to see our, our churches with the people who had true encounter with the Lord. Let me tell you, if you have a husband, listen to me. If you have true encounter with the Lord, I tell you, your family history will be changed. The course of your family will be changed. Listen, wise, if you have true encounter with the Lord, and there will be the course of your family will change. I'll tell you, the life of your children will be changed. Hallelujah. Children, if you have true encounter with the Lord, don't be worried. And in the true encounter, there is everything that will change your future. A true encounter with the Lord is the greatest gift a person can have on this earth. Hallelujah. True encounter with the Lord. Hallelujah. I ask you, I want to encourage the parents, you see that. I always love the words in 1 Corinthians 11, 23. Even that phrase, I also ask the, ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Every time I pray to the Lord. There is a, I mean, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says that. I mean, you see, I... Delivered to you as I have received from the Lord. See, as, as I have received, I delivered to you. I mean, Paul is not delivering or passing on something that he heard, something he know. Rather, he said that I am passing something that I have received from the Lord. My question, dear parents, hallelujah. If you want, what is there in you? That you want to pass on to your next generation. Let me ask a question to the young people. I mean in 20s and later 30s. 
do you have something that you want to pass on to the teenagers who are coming in the 13 14 and 15 what is there they can receive from the hallelujah the the teenagers let me ask a question do you have something that you receive from the lord that you want to pass on to your younger ones hallelujah the older generation receive something from the lord have true encounter with the lord that you can pass on to the next generation that will change the course hallelujah of life hallelujah it is my prayer that as transformation church as a community here receive something from the lord have true encounter from the lord with the lord so that we can change the course of this land hallelujah we can change the course of this city if we can have some true encounter from the lord not our theory not our ideas not our hallelujah personality will change but something that we receive from the lord that can change hallelujah is my prayer that hallelujah i mean so that is what is paul says that when i thought i was i am touching the people but now only i really realize that i am not touching the people but i am touching the lord their lord so the beautiful that's what is from then onwards he realized that there is an invisible a mysterious unimaginable a special relationship with god to his people oh this god i am talking about i mean paul believed that relationship of christ to his followers relationship of christ to his people are not like the relation with any other group you see that there is a special there is an invisible relationship hallelujah if i touch them means i'm touching him that's what he realized and he he realized that if i touch them means god will take very personally you see that see paul touched the believers jesus took it very personally he is not asking why are you touching them no he is asking why are you touching me see that is the beautiful relationship between christ and believers that we need to understand okay let me finish with the one more i mean reality let me tell you this is not an altus a new testament phrase alone you see even though i know that i have i know that phrases and all but it gave me i mean it came to me in a very fresh way this morning when i began to read this passage in the old testament also we can see similar expressions can we just read a couple of verses when you come to zechariah so in the old testament also we can see that touching god's people is like touching god see zechariah chapter 2 verse 8 8 to 13 you read then only you will understand 8 to 13 when you come to 8 to 13 okay so when you read verse 8 give me verse 8 2 8 says that see thus says the lord of hosts right regarding the nations that plundered you he is talking to the people of israel you tell the nations that truly one who touches you touches the apple of my eye what god wants to say that i mean my people are my the apple of my eye don't think that you see the context is that god purposefully gave the people of israel in the hands of the nation i mean to correct them to teach them something but what they have done the nations have plundered them like anything and god is talking to them nations i gave my people into your hands to teach them correct them okay but you have plundered them remember what you have done you don't know 
they are the apple of my eye listen you see that's what is we need to understand the dear children of god you need to understand god is talking even in the old testament in the old testament god is talking to the nation hallelujah my people the people of israel even though they need correction even though they need discipline even though they need hallelujah i will correct them i may punish them but remember but you see that you cannot touch them hallelujah in an undue way you cannot touch them as you think about they are the apple of my eye hallelujah remember people of god god's people are like apple of god's eye hallelujah what will be the situation that oppress you hallelujah whether people whether situation whether context remember hallelujah you are so precious in the hands of god because you are an apple of god's eye okay then another i mean um, the same phrase we can see in deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter 32 10 Deuteronomy 32:10 there also we see similar phrase no there is a beautiful phrase god says that to the people of israel people of israel i found you see i found you from the desert then when then i have encircled you then i have cared for you and i have kept you as the apple of my eye you see that god says that you were in desert desert means there was no one to protect you no one to take care of you no one to provide you but it is i who encircled you you see listen what god wanted to say that if i have encircled you nobody can touch you if anyone touch you you are they are touching the apple of my eye are you getting what i'm talking about you see that who is encircling you remember it is not the boss of your company it is not the father of your house it is not the leader of your group but hallelujah it is not the leader of a religion but you need to understand the creator the one who created everything that is visible and invisible you see the, he says that i have encircled you believers we need to understand what is the privilege you and me have been given with hallelujah even though god has found you from the desert he has encircled even in the desert where none can come to rescue you if god has encircled no one can touch you listen you may be in a desert that nobody may be there to help you hallelujah because you are in a desert place you are not in a city in the city you may get the help of other people but even if you are in a desert place if god has encircled you nobody can hallelujah in the encircling god of god there is everything in the encircling of god there is provision in the encircling of god there is protection hallelujah that is what is the beauty of god god's relationship with the people he we are kept as apple of his eye he is special and you are special a child of god is so special special to god and anything happen to him physical i mean some people talk about physical only that's a, the problem with some people some people talk about spiritual things only i because man is not just physical spiritual we are right total holistic i am talking about holistic when I mean, god i mean when i write your physical whether spiritual aspect or physical aspect touch right by the devil by the circumstances by the people by the situation remember you are in an circle encircled by god alone you see that you need to understand you are a very special creation 
Hallelujah. No matter what is your background, no matter what is your education, no matter what is your color, no matter what is your understanding, no matter what is your family, in spite of your background, you are special to God. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Shall we bow our heads in prayer?